Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. folks it's the one and only v the girl economist and we have with us the most prolific producer of our generation the one and only terror of the tequila the master of the blaster of the bar the one and only cj el cuco has rejoined us and i want to cry we're not party people (laughs) (laughs) you know how hard it was for me to, to do a show multitask do you know how difficult this is i listened to a few and i had to stop once it was difficult <laughs> you bastard. You bastard. i just couldn't do it i'm like no no <laughs> well folks you know but you know but the important thing is v wasn't talking to a dead mic for an hour before he realized he wasn't on the air <laughs> that's right that's important <laughs> yeah, that, yeah that that luckily hasn't happened it came close a few times. A few times I went live, and I was still in the studio. I didn't even pull myself into the studio, and I'm talking. I'm like, wait, wait, I'm not, I'm not in there yet. <laughs> Could have been worse, folks. Anyway, we have with us Velas, the dark, the dark, the deep state of the, <laughs> the deep state of the dark raven, the dark raven of the deep state, uh, the Lord. He is the pontiff's pontiff, the pontiff of the trash pantas himself. The one and only Velas is here. If you want to get a hold of Velas. You can join him directly in the Discord. The link should be in the description box. You click the link and get it right into the Discord. And also, folks, uh, again, just as a reminder, Monday is the official kickoff day of the one and only Algo Factory. Uh, It's going to be Cowboy and I. We're going to give you the tools of the trade, my friend. That's right. The tools of the trade. And right there, Algo Factory, uh, right there. um, Between Cowboys, technicals, and my fundamentals, we're going to teach you um, you know how to do Stuff. it. We're gonna teach you how to do it. We're gonna teach you how to make some bread. Make some bread, whether it's a few hundred bucks a day, a couple thousand dollars a month. You know, we're gonna do it for you guys. It's gonna be me and me and Cowboy in there every single friggin' day, hanging out, helping you guys out. So you can't say no to this. It's only fifty bucks a month. It's a joke. It's a joke. How much? How cheap this is? It's ridiculous. Join it. We're gonna teach you how to build your own algorithms. Go full force. Balls to the wall. That's how we do it here. That's the only way we know how to do it. And even if you're a woman, you can have balls these days too as well. Anyway, Velas, what's up, buddy? I'm good, man. Uh, we were having a lively conversation, folks, before before we jumped on the air. Uh, I got quite a bit today, boys, so I'm just going to roll into it. Yeah, let's do it. 
Okay. So, uh, today's show, uh, the 14th of, what month are we in? April. Uh, next week, Friday. I will not be on the air. I will be someplace else. And I will be someplace else having a drink with I'll Go Cowboy, too. Um, and I mean that. I don't mean like, oh, I'm not doing a show, and then I do a show. No, I'm seriously, I'm not doing a show on the 14th. Um, <laughs> A uh, whole bunch of stuff I posted on, on Discord last night on my cover today. Uh, happy Good Friday to those of you who are celebrating Western Easter. For those of us celebrating Eastern Orthodox, that will be next Sunday on the 16th. For those who are in the middle of, of Ramadan, uh, blessings on the auspicious occasion, uh, they will conclude on the 21st of April, and they started on the spring equinox of March 21st. So from my file of I Cannot Take You Seriously, who performed the annual financial audit of SVB Bank? It was KPMG. And due to the strength of that audit is why Moody's gave their debt such a great rating. And has anyone called for hearings into KPMG? No, of course not. No. Uh, other than yelling at TikTok and Silicon Valley executives for public consumption, is anyone in the U.S. government calling for a hearing of all the accounting firms to ask them about the independent verification and validation of their audits of our banks, you know, possibly as a proactive measure, because we may have some bank failures later this year. V, did that happen? Maybe. Maybe some bank failures might have happened. Just, just a few. Just a few. Right, but we, we have no we have no verification and validation of, of those audits. And has the SEC been called to appear before Congress and attest to the accuracy? Well, he's of... busy. Leave Gensler alone. He's got crypto guys. <laughs> he's got crypto boys to whack. He's got to whack off some of these crypto companies because they're, everybody's selling the security, man. That's right, everybody. So uh, the, the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission, has not been called before Congress to attest to their audits of those accounting firms. You'll notice I'm going back and forth here. Is anybody talking to the accounting firms? No. Is anyone talking to the SEC about the accounting firms or the banks? No. To quote Bill Hicks, the comedian, go back to bed, America. Your government is control. Go back to watching uh, cops. Uh, I'll have the shawarma. Uh, there are rumblings in the analysis press. Lebanon, the country, may be moving towards civil war again. Some of us remember the horror in Lebanon back in the early 1980s the last time. The analysis folks are pointing to Christian and Syrian conflict in the country as the cause. And yes, that's always been there. But the thing they're not talking about is Lebanon's economy for quite some time has been absolutely hammered. Uh, and economic pain always brings out the other pain. Uh, gold posted last night, 11 straight months, 11 straight months of global central banks buying as much bullion as they can get their hands on. Geez, I wonder why they're doing that. The Atlantic Council, Tuesday, April 4th, posted on Discord an excellent piece on the Atlantic Council. Uh, they're one of the think tanks completely funded and led by the globalist crowd, in this case, a.k.a. Henry Kissinger. Uh, Brendan O'Connell has a real passion about these guys, and I certainly understand why. As many of you have probably seen in the news, uh, RFK Jr. is running for president from the holy crap, I didn't see that one coming file. Uh, that certainly is a bit of news. Um, it could be to raise visibility into the coup and the pharma topic. We'll see. Uh, I mean, if any family on this earth has been warned about running for the presidency, there are three down already between JFK, RFK, and uh, what do you call it? John John. Um, I hope nothing happens to RFK Jr., uh, it also took less than 24 hours for a massive media campaign against him to uh, hit various media sources. Uh, one of those I posted to Discord yesterday out of the Daily Mail describing RFK 
uh, and his womanizing, which I find funny. I mean, describing a Kennedy as a womanizer is kind of an insult to Bill Clinton's womanizing. Um, powerful tool. Very serious about this one. Uh, it's small but important. Uh, one of the more powerful resources you need to remember is on your computer keyboard. Uh, holding down the control key, the one marked CTRL, and then pressing the letter F. Uh, I'm dead serious about this. This pulls up the search window in anything that might be on your screen, whether that's Word or Excel or web pages, wherever you may be. Um, when you've conducted the kind of research I've done uh, in grad school and just in general, uh, you learn to love control F. Uh, especially in our, our COOF and post-COOF world, uh, when you're searching anything, be they documents or government websites or public websites or your state government's websites or whatever it might be, looking for words like appeal, appeals process, complaint, authority, denial, legal, penalty, penalties, waiting period, and the list goes on. That's how you find things like the FDA Rule 42 U.S. Code Section 300 AA-22 uh, regarding what, what authority there is, which is nothing, to make you take an emergency use authorization uh, drug. Uh, when you're on certain websites or news feeds and you're trying to find something, control F, folks. Uh, when I've worked through large uh, internal corporate documents or requests for proposals or similar, I'm always using control F like crazy because I'm always looking for certain keywords or what have you. Uh, another suggestion, because I used to keep one of these when I was working on business uh, proposals, build yourself a list of keywords that matter to you. You can keep it in OneNote or in a Word document or in Excel or even in a text file. Uh, develop a list of all the key phrases or words that we need in today's world, whether it's medical, legal, property-based, or whatever it might be. The Donald. Many commentators in the alternative community have been saying there are parties trying to hit Donald for anything they can possibly accuse him. Uh, the desperation is obvious, and frankly, many media sources have pointed out the more they attack the Donald, the more he rises in the polls, and the more DeSantis drops. Remember that. The more he is attacked, the more his visibility rises. So why attack him? Again, think about that. My usual disclaimer, this is not an endorsement for or against the Donald. As I often say, he's one of many powerful players out there with his own agenda and backers. Therefore, monitoring him and others helps you understand the dynamics. In a highly vibrant world we live in, we need to be aware that also that former intelligence and psychological operations folks are now in free agency. They have been for decades. There's also a book on this topic among a couple called Spooked, written by the author Adam Pennenberg, last name spelled P-E-N-N-A-N-B-E-R-G. These folks are for hire uh, by the powerful, and you better believe they're out there making a lot of money. Uh, in my work with private corporations, I've bumped into a ton of former intelligence folks working for the strategic planning departments of companies. You wouldn't believe how many ex-CIA and ex-NSA folks were working in Silicon Valley. I don't even think any of them have a research and development department that isn't being managed by those folks from a security standpoint. This whole situation with Donald and everything else in the world is being highly orchestrated. As a related and intertwined example, Carl Denninger of the Market Ticker had a fascinating uh, little commentary of his recently about how he thinks DeSantos protests a bit too much about Disney. At a high level, there are often provisions and contract language for things like Disney's control of Orlando. DeSantos's complaints about Disney circumventing his intentions as governor with that oversight board are not exactly true. DeSantos as a lawyer would have known that. This is a convenient opportunity for DeSantis to play the victim, and he's looking out for the good people of Florida against all those evil pedophiles down at Disney. 
Equally, DeSantos' handling of Donald's situation presents an interesting opportunity in psychological operations as well. That as DeSantos deftly tries to manage not betraying the Republican Party, as though there are actually still political parties in this country, and protect DeSantos' own image. An image created for DeSantos by, let's just say, others. So back to Donald. We have this storm around him and various other people like DeSantos, and everyone's trying to take advantage of that storm while these winds are blowing. If I really wanted to go down the Alice in Hole Wonderland, uh, or I'm terribly sorry, Alice in Wonderland rabbit hole, I could say this is all a carefully crafted image on purpose. Now, here's a subconscious element to this some of you may have missed. Is it just me, or did you all notice that they indicted Donald Trump following Palm Sunday? For all of you looking for a Christ analogy. I mean, come on, I'm surprised the road to Mar-a-Lago to the airport was not covered in palm leaves. Did you also notice, in spite of the New York situation, that the prosecutor did offer Donald Trump the ability to do this over a Zoom call without the need for him to travel to New York? And that's not a defense of the prosecutor. I'm just saying. Who's creating that drama and why? Major props to Hobo Sermon's comment on Tuesday about orange is the new orange to the idea of images of Donald Trump in an orange jumpsuit. On his private Patreon, Brendan O'Connell threw another bone out there. He thinks all this drama around the Donald will empower him to drop some kind of huge blackmail item or items into the public view in the May-June time frame. Donald has a massive level of media coverage right now, and that's a heck of a platform you can exploit. All these charges out of New York, one could argue, will justify Donald into having to open the blackmail chest and pick out particular items of interest, you know, for the good of the country and all. For me, it's about the timing. If McConnell is correct and Donald does drop some kind of, oh, I don't know, New Hampshire is ground zero fentanyl trafficking and there are individuals involved in that kind of disclosure, that would be taking place around the same time as potential biblical events among central banks and the war over the dollar. We would then find ourselves with yet again major events like our financial future being pushed to the back of the news in favor of what Donald might potentially drop. Keep in mind, I've been posting quite a few stories on, on the V for Vela's page on Discord about some rather serious legal charges suddenly of law enforcement and other high-profile people in government across the nation who apparently are involved in fentanyl trafficking. Would that be to try and distract from New Hampshire? Who knows? Also, as if the New Hampshire topic is already crazy enough, there's been a falling out between Brendan O'Connell and Mike Gill. So stay tuned because it'll be 12 months or so before there's any kind of uh, trial of Trump in New York. And even the prosecutor has stated that he's doing it to coincide with the Republican convention. Strange deaths. We've covered on Rogue a lot the last month or so about the various goings on in the world of international finance, uh, central banking, CBDs, cryptocurrency, the list goes on. Often these events are preceded by other things due to good strategic planning and research in advance, if not the obvious. The events are being orchestrated by various parties. Specific to crypto, something caught my attention before we arrived at spring of 2023, and it's something who goes back to 2022 involving key crypto folks dropping dead. Some of whom may also be related back to Sam Bankman-Fried and others who were using crypto as a laundering mechanism for intelligence agencies. The Giza Death Star had a very good article on where I'm going with this. To begin with, this kind of activity has gone on literally for decades. If we turn back the clock a bit, in the 1980s, there were several strange deaths of experts in applied physics. The narrative at that time was they needed to be eliminated to slow down the U.S. development of space-based defense systems from nuclear attack, a.k.a. the Star Wars system under Ronald Reagan's administration. 
The supposed culprit at that time was rumored to be the KGB. Please remember, Russia is always at the heart of America's problems. I'm joking. Then in the 1990s, and I've mentioned this on Rogue previously, several researchers in virology, immunology, and bioweapons started dying. In both decades, many folks died, and not just a few well-known researchers. Plus the normal disclaimer. Of those known deaths, how many more deaths were missed in the media? In the 2010s, we began to have deaths among holistic doctors and practitioners in that field who, as you would imagine, focus on health solutions not connected to the hip to big pharma. From the 1980s to the 2010s uh, period, these deaths, if you research them, border on the absurd in some cases if the storyline is true. People in question behaved like they were on remote control before they died. Individuals suddenly out of the blue walking into traffic, behaving normally, and then leaping from buildings, and the list goes on. Please cue the post-COVID world if someone got up from a chair suddenly and had a heart attack. You know, we've always warned you about getting up slowly from a chair, because according to the media, loud noises can make you die suddenly. Moving into the 2020s, guess who started dying suddenly? Well, the ubiquitous bankers, and more recently, people involved in the crypto space. The usual causes of death leapt from a tall building, and my personal favorite, a la the Clintons, not kidding, several people found in their cars killed with a nail gun to the back of the head. Remember what I told you early in 2022. I had a feeling there were going to be an increase in professional killings. Just this week, Bob Lee, the founder of Cash App, was stabbed to death in a high-profile area of San Francisco. I'd love to see a toxicology report to see if the knife had poison on the blade. Another favorite in all these categories, folks found dead on jogging trails. By the way, never forget, sure, Vince Foster's death is suspicious as hell, and even cursory research will indicate it was murder. The who and the why of Vince Foster's death during the Clinton administration is a bigger part of that. However, as someone who knows Washington, D.C. well, I've seen too much and heard too much when I used to work in that town. You see, where I'm going with this is Fort Mercy Park, where they found the body, Vince Foster's body, because he wasn't killed there, was known as a gay sex hangout. Yet another subtle move by the Beltway to discredit someone. Hey, Returning, man. Right. <laughs> Return, no, no Bud Light reference there. Returning to the crypto topic around the time of FTX and Sam Bankman-Fried, we had a sudden surge of high-profile crypto traders dying uh, after that whole thing went public. Now, your takeaways on this entire subject. First, we have a well-defined pattern during these decades and executed, no pun intended, with great precision. By the way, the international affairs phrase used for these kinds of assassinations, by the way, is they call these extrajudicial killings. I've always loved that phrase. Second, this always precedes or occurs at the launch of some major international event, often directed by our friends in the non-governmental organizational community like the World Economic Forum. Working backward in time, the deaths of the crypto traders, given who sent Bankman-Fried was really working with, is certainly understandable. The deaths of medical and virology experts is understandable if coup for something like it was being planned. The engineering folks in the 1980s is a bit vague, though in the 1990s on my often referenced computer bulletin boards, the types of engineering folks dying in the 80s into the 90s seemed to point to some major breakthrough in information technology systems, a breakthrough who had to keep be kept out of the public eye, specifically IT systems used in intelligence work and a system many of you have forgotten about or have never even heard of called Echelon. Whether that relates to the Promise software and the deaths of Danny Casolaro and Gary DeVore is hard to say. No, I'm not going to make a Claudia Christian reference. Third, it appears actions like this are done to eliminate dissenting voices or those with expertise to question or doubt the public narrative. 
For everyone else, we have the normal forms of threats, including your professional credentials. Fourth, an index of potential people to target is developed in advance for such an operation should it be necessary. That also begs some interesting questions. How are these lists of individuals developed? How are the individuals selected versus others who are left alive? What was the criteria about the, re the risk they represented, whether high-end engineering, medical knowledge, or now crypto? Fifth, are there existing software applications who target such individuals? Please recall again, truth through fiction, the Marvel Universe movies where it was realized S.H.I.E.L.D. was penetrated by HYDRA decades before and was going to launch a plan to kill everyone who might try to stop HYDRA. Sixth, how are the assassin, uh, assassination teams organized and trained? Seventh, what is the next group to be targeted? Why? And what signs might point to that before it becomes public knowledge? By the way, the terms and key data points the Echelon system was searching for in the 1990s and early 2000s, the system was monitoring phone calls, early text messaging, and the internet, web pages, things of that nature, and uh, comment boards on websites. One of those terms, there's actually a listing out there you can find that shows everything Echelon was normally looking for. A lot of it is very vague and ambiguous. Some of the things like 8281 will certainly ring a bell with some of you. But I would also note, one of the names on that list was the name of the research group I used to work for. Once I started working there, because I'd come across that list many years before, but once I started working for that organization, I was going through some of my notes and I was reviewing later in time if any of these names or organizations were more well known and lo and behold there's the lab i'm working for i instantly came to understand why that was of interest to the quote-unquote machine to reference jrr tolkien's use of that term so in conclusion stay away from jogging trails by yourself ledges and high buildings fetterman what did i tell you on rogue about two months ago compliments of mike moore at true pundit Fetterman's candidacy the whole time was a scam to get his wife, Giselle, into the U.S. Senate. She's from Brazil and became a U.S. citizen back in 2009. It's I, Giselle, John. Sorry. It's Giselle. It just sounds too it's close not Giselle. to <laughs> that other woman. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I had mistakenly said before she's not a U.S. citizen. She is a U.S. citizen. And, uh, I thought she's illegal. Nope. I'm sorry. Undocumented. I said illegal. Oh, my God. Yes, she was in the country undocumented, and then she became a U.S. citizen in 2009. Whether or not that process was accelerated, I don't know. Hmm. There was recently a puff piece on her in Elle magazine about how discriminated she is and the degree to which people are picking on her. All this crazy talk of her wanting her husband's Senate seat and related. In a Tavistock Institute-like way, what have we learned about certain kinds of attacks on politicians? It sells. Just ask the owner of Mar-a-Lago. Hmm. British royal family posted a link on Thursday about a researcher uh, showing a well-defined connection between the slave trade and the royal British royal family. Uh, Matthew Arrett has covered that closely, as does the author, for those of you who are, are fans of the following. The author, John Coleman, in his book, Conspirators Hierarchy, the Story of the Committee of 300. Uh, in Coleman's book, who dates back to 1992, by the way, he covers very deeply the connection between the London Corporation and the royal family to not just the slave trade, but the opium trade, along with other drugs. Uh, perhaps the folks in San Francisco's reparations committee should take a look at that. Uh, money. From last week's program, I put forward the growing idea that Tom Luongo and others about this ongoing battle between Jerome Powell and Europe via the e ECB and how it'll turn out. 
One of the outcomes is many of Europe's banks may go under and require consolidation, the solution being a digital currency in Europe, at least to reorganize the system. So along those lines, guess what popped up recently? From Breitbart this week, the EU is pushing to criminalize the use of physical currency in large sums. Now, this is similar to the laws of the United States, where any cash transfer over $10,000 has to be reported, and you have to fill out a form about why you're moving that much money. Ironically, the European Union is using the same figure of 10,000, in this case, 10,000 euros. In their case, though, there's no paperwork to fill out like in the United States. You just simply can't do it. Also, the wording is very specific around crypto transactions. That does not include transactions of central bank digital currencies, just cryptocurrencies who already exist. Stay tuned for that one. And then some commentary about Gus's uh, show on Wednesday. Uh, Gus brought up something on Wednesday who we've mentioned on Rogue previously, and Mike Moore talks about this a lot as well. That being people's lack of willingness to, for lack of a better word, fight. Uh, In fairness, it's like the scene from the movie V for Vendetta, where the main character says, I know why you went along with this. The other part of it is, and Gus and V talked about this, people who came from backgrounds where they have known tyranny and that they will fight. Greeks, Eastern Europeans, certain South Americans, especially the Cuban community, the list goes on. Given how hard the East Indian community in the United States has worked to build themselves up in this country, I do wonder sometimes when they might surprise us all by leaping into this current fight. All what are you are... talking about, this East Indians? We're not going to do anything, man. <laughs> We're going to need... drink our chai and eat our chat, my friend. Come on. Need some very good leaders. Uh, When most people in the United States and Europe have known peace for two generations, I can understand why we're all in this situation. If this was 1949, I'm sure people's reactions would have been far different. I was watching a video the other day about the anti-communist white movement uh, in Russia during the Russian Civil War at the end of Imperial Russia. Even though my community failed to stop the London Corporation and the rest of them from the takeover of our country, we fought them for five long, bloody years before the last of those fighting on the ground fled from our strongholds in Crimea and Vladivostok in the east. I've mentioned on a prior show there's a monument at Sevastopol in Crimea erected to remember that evacuation. One of the lines on that monument says something to the effect of, and I quote, a generation of a nation left these shores never to return home again, unquote. Losing our homeland didn't make us any less Russian any more than the loss at Kuladen meant the people of Scotland are extinct. Even today, white Russian groups who were banned in Bulgaria, Romania, the Czech Republic during the Soviet occupation are now operating again in the open, all of which keeps this global community alive. We are united by ethnicity and united by the memory of what Russia nearly became before she was overthrown. The Scottish on the other side of my family have things like the famous Declaration of Arbroath. In the early 1300s, they declared, and I quote, so long as a hundred of us survive, there will always be a Scotland, unquote. You see, folks, this is why the globalists hate any sense of nation or identity, and it's why they want a one-world religion. After more than a hundred years, these anti-globalist groups are not going to stop fighting. And tragically, for people like me, this is just the latest chapter in fighting tyranny. We know this story well. We've been writing this history so it's never forgotten. Many people globally are trying to find ways to fight, and it's hard because they don't know how. No one has taught them. This is why Rogue News and many others in the alternative space have been working to provide you these kinds of tools. 
remember, you must see to yourselves first and your families before engaging in this wider conflict. Even if that means radio-free rogue news is someday broadcasting from the Emirates uh, or South America. I yield the floor, gents. Fellas, you hit, you hit the so many things, but I want stay, the stay away from high places. Yeah, stay away from high places. You know, it's interesting. I mean, the fact that the guy, you know, the the, the biggest thing also was the uh, Cash App inventor. This is the guy who was like the co-founder or co-inventor of the Cash App, which millions of people utilize. And for him to get stabbed to death in San Francisco was that, that was pretty interesting. First, I thought it was humorous because, I mean, you look at the guy's Twitter. I mean, he is the wokest of the wokies, you know. And for him to uh, die in such a manner in the quote-unquote safe or the good part of San Francisco, I was like, okay, that's pretty interesting, man. It's interesting to see that we'll probably never get an autopsy report or what really happened out of it. And who knows? Maybe maybe it was just an act of random crime. I don't know. But all I know is that there are a lot of high-profile people that are dropping dead, fellas. There's a lot of high-profile people dropping dead. And, uh, <laughs> of course, Bill, I'm <laughs> going to reference Claudia. You know I am. Anyway, yeah, I saw the film clip last night. I don't know if you guys caught this. Um, what do you call it? They've They've got the guy who was stabbed he was trying to get he was after he was stabbed he was trying to get into a building that was locked yeah uh to to seek help um but you know yeah and it's you know i remember for for the, oh the heady days of the cold war for those of you who who remember some of that history you know the the soviet union and its allies had had everything from little tiny metal balls that were um permeated with various kinds of poison that it would be shot into the body and if you you didn't get the ball out in time you know the, the poison would kill you before anybody realized what happened um you know i start hearing stories like late at night on the streets of san francisco and it's like yeah it's a high it's a it's a good area it's a wealthy area but that doesn't mean anything i mean i was <laughs> i was sitting at pentagon city on a wednesday night back in whatever heck that year that was oh seven oh six where I've shared with all, all of you, my friends and I get up from, from uh, there's a little series of restaurants there at Pentagon City uh, near the mall where the apartments are located. And we were, we were having dinner that night. We wrapped up and went, went back to our various rooms and then found out the next morning, about a half an hour after we left, uh, there, there was a guy sitting there that got shot. He was Army Intelligence. And I shared with all of you on a prior show, he was of Ethiopian extraction. It had nothing to do with with the war on terror or anything like that. It was a dispute between his clan back in Ethiopia and another clan. And they were so pissed off about it. Even though the guy was a serving U.S. military officer uh, in the U.S. Army and was in intelligence work, it's like, yeah, we don't care. <laughs> and so the guy gets shot and killed in front of his family in Washington, D.C. And the next morning, the eighth graders are on their tour and don't see anything because the cleaners have been out and everything's tidied up and you'll you'll never actually see what 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 happened so and as i alluded to before there's the people we know about who've died but then whether it's crypto whether it's medical you know whatever it might be um, but there's a whole host of others we don't we don't know about exactly very well said cj what do you want to add you've been quiet all this time siege you come back and you stay quiet you leave me to do this all by my own and look he left me again he left me again. He just put his phone on. He's mute that. Is it, ah, is there, thank you. You're back. Is it, is, you, it, is it free? And is it? Make sure it's not too loud. I did adjust the volume to, 
uh, down a tad, but no, just want to make sure Vela's got all his uh, important uh, content in there and a, a lot of good stuff. And there's, there's a lot to consider. Um, you know, I just uh, came back from uh, the East coast. I was out in uh, Charleston, South Carolina. Cause you're and, a racist. That's why and, you're in South <laughs> and you can, you can tell by the, uh, the voices, uh, the, uh, people who are expressing a, a lot of concern about uh, what is happening in, in our country. I think that the the magnitude of people are questioning the reason of, of why these things are happening and they're looking for uh, for answers and, and solutions. Uh, so I so the first thing that I want to touch upon is just you know just real quick is is, is Donald Trump uh, himself and the and the figure. I, I'm not saying that by no means is he uh, you know part of the. Um, the conspiracy conspiracy part of the efforts. Uh, Vellis mentioned the the timing of things that unfold, and and if we think back to uh, when they made the announcement of the actual in, indictment, uh, Trump alluded to it probably a week before on on True Social uh, prior to it. However, I think because of the uh, effort that was put forth by numerous news organizations. It came out that literally that the United States was, in fact, losing its status of the world reserve currency. You even had mainstream media, MSNBC, CBS, uh, CNN, that were saying, hey, we were in trouble here. We also had the event with the uh, anti-narrative of the uh, school shooting, right, that involved the, the, the transgender person. There were a lot of things that were counterproductive to their narrative, and I think that's why they introduced the indictment to Trump because it completely flipped instantly the, the consciousness, the conscious focus of the American people to Donald Trump. So I, I applaud them for that. I think it was a well-played move. I think it worked. Everyone instantly turned into Trump is like a perfect weapon. Trump is Trump is almost better than COVID in terms of their their <laughs> their capture and control of so many things. And and it's so multifaceted. I mean, it could probably be a, an entire hour, hour plus show. But if you if you think of everything that encompasses Trump and the things that they can accomplish utilizing him, and so not not only can you create a a, a major distraction from what is happening, and it's really not a banking crisis. I'm going to borrow from Peter Schiff. It's it's not a banking crisis. It's a financial crisis that that's happening. And they keep calling it a banking crisis, and, and, and they do that to build into the consciousness so that we think that it's related to bank, but it's not. It's, it's a massive financial crisis that's happening uh, around the globe. So when you look at <clears throat> Trump and, and by bringing him to the forefront, not only what you're doing is you're really consolidating people back to the trust of the political establishment. Now you, get, you, get, you, you had a, a good disconcern of people who were very concerned about about the, uh, the 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 hard left, uh, the hard right, their their distaste for for politics, whether it's been Democrat or Republican, and then all of a sudden, literally, with the stroke of an indictment, you have people feeding back into that 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 trust of the political system, the trust that hey, if we elect somebody, something is going to make a difference here. So hence, now you have that into the this the social feeds people donating millions of dollars to the the Republican Party. You also have people donating millions of dollars to the Democratic Party because they're like, hey, we got to fight fight against Trump. This is what's going to happen. I think it was a well-played move in part because what it really does, and I've said this on other podcasts, it really solidifies Trump as the forerunner uh, for the Republican Party. 
I think it was a huge effort to uh, get DeSantis out of the equation, get him out of the picture. And, and by no means am I saying DeSantis is, is a perfect uh, figurehead, but this solidifies Trump's base. It, it really does. And um, Trump is by far more effective to the Democratic base uh, than, than he is the Republican base. Because yes, you get a lot of Republicans a lot excited, thinking something's going to change, something's going to happen. But you also get the Democrats who are very... Um, upset right now. The Democrats do not want Biden. They do not want Kamala's latest poll. I think only like 30% people uh, backed a, a, a Biden, uh, you know, running again for office. They, and, and I think it was even less than that, like 16% for Kamala. So you have a very dis, you know, a base that is just so out there, so unorganized. And what better way to re re-energize your base, to get people excited other than to say, Trump is going to be the candidate and we need to do something about it. And you get them to align, to donate money, to get out there and vote, the efforts that they have just for the pure hatred uh, of this person. So so Trump is a, he's a perfect weapon. He 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 truly is. I, I enjoy the show as we go into 2024. <laughs> just 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 enjoy it because um, I think that that that's what's going to be. It's almost like a, like a reality type thing that we're witnessing unfold. Uh, could it be psychological warfare on the American people? Mm, probably. I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt it. I think that's what's unfolding here: psychological warfare uh, that we're witnessing. We've seen it before. Um, it, so to pivot from that real quick, um, you know, it's very interesting into RFK uh, Jr. And there was a little bit of that kind of telegraphed about a month ago, and I think we may have played that video when we had Gerald Salente. Uh, with uh, Judge Napolitano, is that his name? I always forget not his name. No, wrong. Napol Napolitano. Napolitano. Thank you. I where, just think about the ice cream. Where, <laughs> there you go. Where uh, Gerald was sitting there saying, "Hey, listen, you know what? You know, screw these parties. We need to do something different. You know, what if we what if we recruited somebody like RFK Jr. along with and I can't remember. Maybe he mentioned Tulsi Gabbard. I know he threw another name out there. We need to record recruit our own people, get them into politics." Let's get excited about this. So, so he has a very interesting alignment as far as RFK Jr. and and potentially uh, the audience and the voice that he could potentially bring some some support to. I think it's kind of of a, of a wait and see right now. But if you follow him on Twitter, you get to see a lot of of some of the conversations, some of the things that he's talking about. You know, not only in, in regards to the the anti-vaccine, but he's speaking very much into the de-dollarization that's happening globally right now. He's talking about the Saudis uh, pivoting to Russia, just how bankrupt the United States government is in terms of them looking for solutions. So so these are very interesting times. Um, I, I, I've said this before, but I think these are probably most the most pivotal and probably the most dangerous because I think the United States government is is really out of options. And so what they're going to do is they're going to really try to consolidate the banking and finance sector to get rid of cryptos, uh, to weed out a lot of third payment processors. A lot of people were saying they're coming after the little guy in terms of the uh, the reporting of, of $500 or more in regards to PayPal, Venmo, those transactions. That's not what that's not what's happening. What, that's what to stop rich people, CJ. Stop rich people. What they're <laughs> what they're mostly interested in is how much dollars these mega money transfer companies are actually holding. And I did a test myself. I, I moved uh, some money over uh, from one of my bank accounts to 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 a Venmo, 
and the literally the, the the funds came out of my bank account right away. But an interesting thing happened on the Venmo side. Uh, the transfer took three, four, five, six, seven business days. I'm like, well, let's just see what happens from here. It's only supposed to take 24 hours. So I contacted Venmo and said, hey, listen, uh, you're holding on to my money a little bit longer than what you should be. Uh, what's going on here? So I think that's what, you know, especially with the, 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 the FedNow program where the FedNow wants to become the instant money of transfer, they're more concerned with in regards to, you know, how much these big money transfer companies are holding uh, in their accounts uh, versus in the banks where they want people to keep uh, the, the solvency of the banks, keep the money there, uh, and hence the reason why they'll try to, again, attack everything related to to, to cryptocurrencies. I mean, the, the, the writing's on the wall in regards to, to cryptos and the regulation that's that's coming down. A lot of people say, well, they can't they can't do anything about it. They can't do anything. They can't they can't stop it. Well, you know, just wait till you use your traditional bank account to try to move money uh, back and forth or, or, or to cash out. Um, if you can't find a grocery store or, or something that accepts crypto or, or a clothing store, or whatever essential needs um, that, that's there that you need to do that, um, good luck with that moving back into to regular banking when that, your financial institution says we're, we're no longer uh, doing that. So it's, again, very interesting times. Um, the, the United States government is, is out of options. So we're just going to have to continue to monitor this uh, carefully as we, we navigate through this storm. You said a lot of really good things there, CJ. One of the one of the couple of that really leap off the page was your comment about banking versus a financial um, problem, or or I don't want to use the word crisis, but crisis. Um, that that is such classic psyops stuff, you know, where it's like the whole system is sick. It's not just oh, we got some bad banks. There may be some people we have to bail out. Don't worry about it. Go back to watching TV. You're right. It's the fi- it's the financial system. To channel my inner Gus Demos, uh, <laughs> it's the system. It's not. It's not a couple of bad banks. Uh, good, good stuff on the whole there. Thanks, brother. Absolutely, Velas. Thank you for being on, folks. We have Harley Schlanger next, but before that, a little bit of promo video. This is a promo. Promo video that was just done for Algo Factory. It's not the full revision yet, but this will be on the site when you guys go check it out. Here we go. In today's world, chaos is the only certainty. Over the last several years, we have witnessed the impossible occur in global events. The need for families and individuals to not only survive, but to thrive is now greater than ever. Experts the world over have emphasized the importance of generating additional forms of income. In the technologically advanced world we live in today, what if there was a way that we can use technology-powered AI where we can have algorithms do the work for you? Well, thanks to Algo Factory, that is exactly what we did. We teach you not only to leverage the market and carve out profits in the chaos, but we show you how to have a better quality of life by creating your own custom algorithm that trades on your behalf 24 hours a day, seven days a week. All the while, you can continue with your day-to-day responsibilities, checking in when needed on your bot that is working for you. Many clients of Algo Factory have been able to fund their savings, go on dream vacations, and even quit their nine to five jobs. They have created more time for themselves and more time for their families 
all through the power of advanced AI in their personal trading bot. Algo Factory. Trade your job. Upgrade your life. There you go, folks. Monday, 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 Monday. Cowboy and I are going to kick the tires and light the fires. And we're going to bring you all to the promised land. So kick the tires and light the fires. Yeah, absolutely. And with that being said, folks, we're at the end of the show. Harley Schlanger's next season. Are you going to hang out with us or what, man? Yeah, I'll set it up. Yay! CJ's going to be back for show number two, El Cuco. El Cuco Fridays, baby. Hell yeah. All right, Siege, take it away. I get to say that. It's been a while. Are you going <laughs> to take it away? Yep. We're 